Thank you very much. I'm going to be speaking on the grace of the kingdom, which I've called a new beginning. We heard about new beginning already today. So uh, let's crack on. Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your home house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is going to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So as we heard, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. He lived in Jericho, which was a very important trade route from Jerusalem. Much of the trade went through there, through Jericho. And goods would be assessed by the individual tax collectors. Zacchaeus, as we heard, he was very rich. The means whereby he got his riches were probably quite dubious. In those days, the tax collector would be the one who would assess how much tax you had to pay. So the whole system was open to corruption. And Zacchaeus could easily be described as a first century oligarch. Jesus, of course, was harshly criticized for dining with tax collectors and sinners. What will people think today, I wonder, if Jesus went to have dinner on one of the present-day oligarch's yachts? Could you imagine what the headlines would be and how he'd be utterly condemned and showered with abuse on social media? Instead of when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Substitute this. Roman, come down immediately. I must stay at your yacht today. That might give us some kind of an idea of how outraged people were that Jesus went to eat in Zacchaeus' house. Now, the first thing I want to say is this, that God is active. What provoked Zacchaeus, I wonder, that he wanted to see Jesus. Something obviously had. Had he heard from other tax collectors maybe? Had he heard from Matthew, whom Jesus called from the tax collector's booth? However he heard, there was something stirring in his heart. It wasn't just idle curiosity, I think, because we can see that from Zacchaeus' reaction. God was already at work in his heart. Zacchaeus ran ahead, Luke tells us, and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. He didn't want to miss the opportunity. It was beyond his dignity, really, to be climbing up a tree. But there we are. He climbed up the tree because he wanted to see Jesus. Something had provoked him. I wonder what provoked you to be here today. And if you're watching online, what's provoked you to be watching online today? There's a stirring in our hearts. And maybe for you it was historical, something that happened in the past, a long time ago. And maybe for some of you it's something more recent. For me, as a young man, it was the fact that I could see a change in one of my friend's lives. I could see a new light in his eyes, as it were. And I was curious to know what it was all about. Those being baptized later today, they've had a stirring in their heart. God is at work. He's not passive. 
Jesus says of himself, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Imagine that Jesus hadn't intervened here. What would have it been like for Zacchaeus? Well, maybe he would have gone out there, climbed the tree, gone back home, said to his wife, well, it was mobbed when I got there, darling. I couldn't see, obviously, because I'm not that tall. I couldn't see beyond the crowd. So what I decided to do was I would run ahead, climb a tree so I could get a good view. And so I saw Jesus walking past nearby, not very far from me. But to be honest, he wasn't very impressive. He wasn't that tall for a start, and his clothes were a bit shabby, I thought. In fact, they looked like they could have done with a wash. He could have done with his beard trimming and a a haircut. You know, I was underwhelmed, I have to say. So I just came home. But of course, we know that's not what happened. It's not what happened. Why? Because Jesus takes the initiative. Zacchaeus, he says, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Thank you, Jesus, that you're still taking the initiative today. You take the, you've taken the initiative in these four people's lives who are going to be baptized today. And how thrilling it is to be here today to see that happening. Because if Jesus didn't take the initiative in our lives, we would be totally lost. We would be totally sunk. Sometimes, I guess, we have this kind of view of God. And it's called deism. That yes, we believe he exists. Yes, we believe he made everything, but we don't think he's actually actively involved in what's going on in the world today. And I'll tell you, it is very hard to see that God is actively involved in the world today at times. You know, especially when we see such terrible things going on as we're seeing right now, even as I speak with Russia and the Ukraine. We think, well, how can God possibly be involved in that? How can he be working out his purposes? But actually, the biblical view is twofold. Jesus is active and things are not out of control because God is in control. That's what the Bible teaches. And we see that particularly as well with the crucifixion. The disciples on the road to Emmaus after the crucifixion, they said, even to Jesus himself, they said, well, we had hoped. We had hoped he was going to be the one. In other words, they put all their hopes in Christ They'd walked with him, they'd talked with him, they'd eaten with him, they'd left their, their ordinary lives for him to follow him, they'd placed their trust in him, they'd placed their hope in him. Do we do the same as well? And when we don't understand things, our hopes all come crashing down. Our understanding of what is going to be happening comes crashing down. It did for them. But God was in control. Even at the deepest, darkest moment in human history, God was in control. He knew exactly what he was doing. And for us, with our limited viewpoint, and I speak particularly for myself, my viewpoint is very narrow. I'm very limited. I'm in one place at one particular time. I've got limited intelligence. I've got limited perspective. How can I possibly know the vastness of God's intellect and how he is working things out, the purposes of his life? But one thing is for sure, it's all heading the way God wants it to head, even if I can't see it myself. Book of Revelation, we see the kings of the earth ranged up against the Lord and his anointed. And who wins in the the end of the day? The Lord and his anointed. So although we may, with our limited perspective, think things are out of control and where is God? He's just sitting there passively on his throne. That's not true. God is active today. And God is active here in what Jesus does with Zacchaeus. For the Son of Man, Jesus says, came to seek and to save the lost. And Jesus is the same today. He seeks and saves the lost. So God is 
active in the world today, even if I can't see it. The second thing I want to say is welcoming Jesus is transformative. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Well, what an encounter. Jesus starts off by saying Zacchaeus' name. I am surprised that Zacchaeus didn't fall out of the tree when Jesus said Zacchaeus and called him by name. How, How did he know my name? But that's what our God is like. He knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows all about you. There's nothing hidden from him about you. You're completely open. Everything is known about you. You are knit together in your mother's womb, celebrating Mother's Day today. You are knit together in your mother's womb by him. And he will be there at your final breath and all the way in between. Zacchaeus, he says, come down immediately. Zacchaeus recognized something in Jesus at that point, and it was this, the authority that Jesus had. And other people recognized it too as we read the Gospels. A centurion who wanted his servant healed didn't even think it was necessary for Jesus to come to his house because he recognized the authority that Jesus had. Don't bother coming to my house, he said. You are a man of authority. The crowds as well said Jesus spoke with an authority that the scribes and Pharisees never had. So Jesus says to him, come down immediately. So he came down at once. And welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Not everyone is going to be pleased at how Jesus chooses to transform a life, because that is exactly what happens. And I recently I was speaking to a friend of mine who lives in Nepal. And he was telling me of how often when people commit their lives to Jesus and there's a transformation that happens in their life, they get cast out of their community. Not everyone is going to be pleased by how Jesus works and what he does. But something happens in Zacchaeus' life. There's a transformation that happens. And if you've come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's what's going to be happening in your life. There's going to be a transformation that happens in your life. And here we see Zacchaeus. It says, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What's happened here? Well, I'll tell you what's happened here. The biblical word for it is this. It's repentance. Zacchaeus has repented of his old ways, of his cheating, of his lying, of his stealing, of his corruption. He's repented from it, and he's turned away. Hence, he says, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to pay back four times. I'll give away half of my possessions. I sometimes think that repentance has a bad press. That we think of, or I sometimes think of repentance a bit like this. It's walking around mournfully and, you know, full of regret and remorse and, you know, really down in the dumps and that kind of thing. And I am not saying that Those are aspects of repentance, but I think there's another side to it as well. And yes, it is absolutely right to feel remorse for the wrong things you've done and the way you've behaved, the things you've said, the good you've failed to do. Yes, it's good to have remorse for that, so don't get me wrong. But there's another side to it. Another side to it. And the other side is this. It brings you into life. You know, 
in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden for disobeying God, and they were forbidden from eating from the tree of life. When you repent and you turn to Jesus, he is the tree of life, and you get joined to him. That's the other side of repentance. The other side of repentance is this, that you get joined to the one who's called the fountain of life. Now, who among us doesn't enjoy a nice fountain? I've seen some pretty spectacular fountains in my time. But compared to the fountain of life, they're mere trickles. Now, I know in particular kids love fountains, don't they? I was thinking earlier of our children when they were a bit little and we took them to Trafalgar Square. You're probably not allowed to do it these days. In fact, you're probably not allowed to do many things these days. But certainly in, <laughs> at that time, when they were quite little, we went to the fountains at Trafalgar Square. What do you think they did? Walked around. Well, that's nice. Thank you for bringing us here. What do you think they did? Come on. They got in there, didn't they? They had a great time. They loved it. We've got some photos of it somewhere. They splashed around and so on. Fountains, the fountain of life. As we repent and we turn to Christ, we get joined to the one who is the fountain of life. And a fountain to me does not speak of misery. A fountain to me speaks of life. It speaks of joy. It speaks of exuberance. It speaks of fullness. It speaks of abundance. It speaks of great richness. And that's who our God is, the fountain of life. So the gift, it's a, repentance is a gift from God. So I would encourage you, if you've not repented or are things in your life that you need to repent of, then do it. Don't hesitate and turn to the living God because he is actively seeking to save the lost and bring them into his glorious kingdom. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, today, or he says to the people, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And salvation came not because of what Zacchaeus said he would do, but because he recognized who Jesus was and welcomed him into his life. And Jesus, don't forget, is the one who took the initiative. It's called the grace of God. I wonder, do you sometimes feel I'm not good enough to be a follower of Jesus? Well, Jesus is looking for you. Come down from that particular tree. He is actively seeking you out. No need to hide from him, even if we could. He knows your name. In other words, everything about you. Do you sometimes feel lost? Do you sometimes wonder what life is all about? Do you sometimes wonder if your life has purpose and meaning? Well, come down from that tree. Now is the time to welcome Jesus. Repentance isn't to be feared, but embraced, because it leads to life. Do you not know what your life is about and where you're heading? Well, come down from that tree, because Jesus wants to show you. To those who have already come down from that tree and welcomed Jesus, what I want to say to you is this, rejoice that you've been joined to the tree of life. Splash in the fountain and enjoy the richness of what it means to be connected to Christ and invite others to come in and join you and recognize that he is with you. Amen? Amen. Amen.